Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This guy says we're pivot. You understand just how we live it. This for me is like rap religion. Open on beat cause we got this guy. When it comes to this, y'all, I can get it hype. When it comes to this, y'all, calm has risen. How you living, huh? Yo, how you living, pivot? So, AJ, you've done acid. Speaking of segues. That's a good segue, man. But we never talked about that. Have you ever, have you ever done acid? I, I Do you have, have a trip that's memorable to you? I I have I I really I really prefer plant based drugs just because it just gives you it's just all natural and it gives you a sense of a, a heightened sense of who you are and how you see the world as opposed to like okay we've made this so you're gonna see streams every time you put your hand here you're gonna see the fucking streams and that's you're just tripping on acid I just you know the man made stuff it's it just I'm also like very susceptible to to drugs and it's like there's some people that can handle it and yeah. they can handle the the tax on them i just never could because you know get to wake up early in the morning and spit out tons of dialogue and i got to be clean for that stuff yeah it makes sense that's why i'm so boring and don't have any friends but listen will you do well let's do dmt one day what do you say we should do a fuck anyone have any right now let's fucking do it would you do it with me one thousand percent we gotta fucking do it that's gotta be yeah. like a mission Next yeah, time we go man. on the road. Yes. Find like good trusty DMT dealer who works as a bar back at the comedy club. That's where you find them. I think that <laughs> you just put that out into the universe <laughs> and it's going to come back to us. <laughs> let's, let's do that. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that. I am. Hey man, I heard that podcast. <laughs> exactly. Don't cancel I, me for doing an accent. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm cause this, I'm new to this podcast game, but it's kind of amazing and I love the fact that technology is moving at the speed of light and people are going, you know, I, I want to, I want to know who people are. Yeah. I need to hear a conversation. It's kind of cool. Yeah. What's going on now. And I'm shocked that when I'm on the road, how many people have like are listening to the podcast. So oh, really already? It's, yeah. It's really cool. I'm insanely. Well, honored. so many people say like you get your best podcast audiences for comedy are the best audiences. Why is that? Because exact because they feel they feel connected to you in a way that's really about your authentic self. They're not connected to you in like, oh, you were Ari Gold, or you were this character. But I love being mistaken for a fictional character. <laughs> no, I I love like people's misconceptions about all the ideologies yeah. of like complete and utter douchebags that I played. If they can just mistake me for that and then not be available to who I actually am, that's amazing. Yeah. Do I sound bitter? Because I am. <laughs> Have you had people, I mean, you've obviously talked about your actual people kind of like, oh man, I'm a douchebag. 
one time I had my I played a Nazi because I looked like a Nazi, but I had a shaved head and I had like one of the extras. Because if you're an extra with a shaved head, you're probably an actual fucking Nazi. Mm-hmm. He came to me, can you ever go to any of these fucking meetings? You ever fucking... He was trying to like, I was like, well, dude, I just got a fucking Tisch grad school. What the fuck are you talking about? But for you as Ari Gold, what's the furthest people have pushed it? Like if you had people kind of like... I had a guy at a party one time ask if I would represent him with a straight face. <laughs> and I had to, to tell him that it's a fictional character and he would not believe me. But also there are some people that... And, you know, I, I have to be grateful for this. I have some people that just keep wanting me to, to be him. And I meet a lot of people that tell me that they are the real Ari. And I'm like, yes, you are. I'm not. And, and God bless yeah. you. Good for you, man. That's awesome. You know, I'm not a, a great businessman. And, you know, I come from an acting family where everyone was on scholarship. We don't, we're the worst business people in the world. <laughs> we didn't make a dime. I, you know, I grew up in, in an old folks home, yeah. I, you know, and, you know, it just, you know, people assume they just look at me and go white privilege. And, you know, it's just, it's been a different journey. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Ari Emanuels of the world exist and they're out there yeah. and they own the UFC. So is the Entourage reboot happening? That's a great question. Um, recently, I saw that Adrian... Adrian Grenier just posted, you're like, yeah, I'd be, I might do it. Yeah. Um, you know, Doug and, and, and Kevin Connolly and Kevin Dillon, they're, um, they're deep into their podcast and loving it and getting along and people are following and, you know, people are, are missing the show and there are a lot of reboots going on out there. I don't have the answers. I, to be, I'm not just saying this. For whatever reason, and I'm not playing a victim, I'm have been the last to know yeah and i don't know why but i i'm not hiding anything from you yeah you know uh, so i, I, I don't sure. know the answer to that yeah it's crazy how many reboot like they're doing reboot dexter now mm. like now he kills people in the north of the united states yeah it's like just fucking switch a location great show everyone yeah. misses it yeah people want that comfort food because they still think they're going to die of the of the fucking virus but i remember even like you know, I, I, I worked with uh, Ving Rhames when he played Don King, you oh, know, yeah. brilliantly. Only in America. Yeah, man. And he told me, he said, you know, people come up to me and they'll say, you know, that they would like to fight me. <laughs> That's what he said. And he goes, my man, I, I, I went to Juilliard, you know, and he did. He's like classically trans yes, lesbian. Sure. You know what I mean? It's like, he's not the dude from Pulp Fiction that's going to cut you up. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a fucking straight up thespian, man. Yeah. Hard working dude. So yeah, it, it happens and you have to be understanding of that. Yeah. You know, listen, if you're, if you create an authentic character and you're in people's living rooms, you know, you have to expect that they're going to, you know, receive that information and get confused. But that's, what's so great about podcasts and even doing stand up is you, People get a sense of who you are. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why the truly boring I am. No, it's yeah, but like, and if you do like a Facebook audience, like people who promote to Facebook, you always get like the weird kind of Karen-y soccer moms who are going to complain about the fucking appetizers or the weight service. It's like the Facebook crowd is kind of like the Yelp crowd for comics I know who, who like that's where they galvanize their audiences. So, but I think the podcast audience, they're the fucking rabid hardcore fans. You know what I mean? That will like def fight to the death to protect you. I mean, I love that loyalty and I love the feeling of family because that's kind of where I come from in the theater. And you know this from being in the theater. It's, 
you're a part of a community and you and you're in it together and you're looking out for each other and you have each other's backs and that's kind of what this you know feels like uh, i remember coming out to la and still having that feeling and writing everyone notes you know hey good luck tonight <laughs> people looking at me like the fuck are you what the fuck is wrong with this you is la weirdo yeah man you know i was thinking about that today for some reason like I I had this weird, not that I need to be jaded, but I just have this, and I always have had, you know, being from the Midwest, being from Chicago, I truly have this, every single person I meet naturally is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the way it is. Hey man, what's going on? You, I'm sure you got great intentions. And the reality is, you know, we're living in a town where people are, you know, bartering and doing all this crazy mm -hmm. shit. And I refuse to kind of be jaded yeah buy all that yeah because it's hard to, i mean it's hard to trust people anywhere in the world but particularly in fucking la where you just see it like it happens so much in la that people are like dude we're friends for life i got your back and the second something happens they're like eh, i'm fucking i'm out I'm not, i don't like what you said i don't like what you did i don't like this fight that you had with the other guy i'm not gonna it's fucking weird and i like i'm from virginia i'm from like irish and muerta like white trash like fucking circle around the trailer park but like <laughs> I'm not used to that LA thing, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the trick is, is to really not let it get to you and, and to become jaded by it. <laughs> yeah. That's the trick. Yeah. And yeah. not, and the people that were shitty to you, if you start getting success, like, don't be like, you were shitty to me when I was a nobody. Now fuck you because you're going to be a nobody again in five, 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, it's just not, you know a great place to be it's not healthy to be that way you know and um i mean you said it to me once you know like you want to be in a place where you can walk into a room and doesn't matter who's in that room they're not going to get to you yeah you're not going to like run no. and hide you say you, you have complete relationships with everyone in your mind not even run or hide but just not hold a grudge or resentment because everyone's coming from a different place of pain or whatever you don't know what yeah. someone's going through yeah you know and, you know, in, in the words of Mike Tyson, forgiveness, you know, basically it's a very powerful thing. It's like a bullet. I have people, when they find out I do jujitsu, they're like, they'll DM me. Because from the MMA podcast, we're like, dude, I'll fucking kick your ass. You're a piece of shit. Mm. You're a fucking da-da-da. And I go, okay, I go, yeah, let's go. Let's meet up. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, I'll kick your ass. I go, let's go to an open mat. Do you know where there's a mat we can meet up? And we can make some rules. Right. And then we start talk I start talking about training, start talking about jujitsu. And then it yeah. becomes like me telling them to start jujitsu, how it improved their life. Because they're awesome. always miserable. That's great. They don't do it because they're like, I'm so happy, I'm I'm fucking roasting you right now. They're doing it because like they have to lash out. And I guys have literally written me like, dude, you changed my life. And now I'm doing jujitsu every day. That's amazing. Yeah. Just fucking you just you just fucking take it and you just twist it and throw it back and because no one really wants to hate. You're doing sh social jujitsu. Yeah, exactly. And you're a brown belt now? Brown, purple? What are you? Brown. Yeah. Brown belt. Forever. I'm never going to be a black belt. But that's amazing. And, you know, you're very dedicated to it. I'm at that age. You know what I mean? That age where, like, I stand up, I have to make two noises. <laughs> I sit down, it's two noises. So, I don't know. Like, I feel like jujitsu is, like, it's a young man's game. There's a lot of shit you have to do in your back. And you have like sweaty, drooly guys who like want to prove a point. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm thinking I might be phasing out of it. 
You think I so? I don't know if I'm going to hit my black belt, yeah. But it feels like, from from my experience with it, it feels like something you could do your whole life. Yeah. In fact, you know, it was invented talking to the Gracies and working with them. Obviously, their family essentially invented it. Yeah. Um, from people that you wanted to figure out ways to not have to use strength and angles. And it's so it's, it's a way to use it your whole life. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah, there are certain ways where you can continue to get hurt and whatnot. Yeah. And like you get these injuries, like doing judo during a, a jujitsu sparring session, I like broke my toe five years ago. Yeah. Every day, I sound like such an old coot. And what, every day it rains, I feel my toe. But it's fucking like, do I want the, like pains like that for the rest of my life? Yeah, I believe me. I felt that way about Muay Thai. I was deep into it, and I had this. My coach was a guy named Benny the Jet Arquitas, and I was sparring someone that was in a, a much higher weight class, enormous gentleman. And I threw a kick, and he put his elbow into my toe and, sh and shattered it. And he goes, "Okay, great. Let's tape it up. Go back in there." I go, "Bro, <laughs> I'm an actor. Yeah, it's a rap. Yeah." Yeah. I'm going to... That was my last kick. It was the last kick. Yeah. I'm going to the showers now, sir. <laughs> you tape up the toe and we're going home. Are you still jiu-jitsu hey. with Egan Machado? You know, I, it's, it's been a minute um, because I'm lucky enough to do to work and I'm yeah. gearing up. And so that's the thing that I'm fascinated by with these guys where like, I'm not great at multitasking at the moment. I'm, you know, just finish this movie with Tyrese and and and... Terrence Howard, and I'm transitioning into this movie uh, with with my sister, and so I'm full in, uh, you know, as you know, with the tap dancing, and like, <laughs> you know, it's it's a festival of humiliation right yeah. now, which you have to be willing to do, look really stupid, and I'm fascinated by the Kevin Hart's of the world and these guys that have all these plates spinning at the same time. I have no idea how they do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, you have to really just all every second of your waking hours and then even don't sleep. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to figure out how to fit all this stuff in right now. Don't go anywhere. How you live in J Pivot will be right back after we pay some bills. Hair loss, man. I, I think I've been dealing with it. Ugh, I don't even want to admit how long, but there is an answer. Um, you don't have to get surgery keeps will help you keep what you got and grow back whatever you can um the the most important place is the crown of the head that's going to come back first right where my yarmulke is full and fresh i'm going to get that jufro back um worst case scenario you won't lose anymore who else can do that and it's all natural get after it more than 50 million men in the u.s suffer from male pattern baldness, and you're listening to one of them. This has really helped me, you guys. Now, Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your home every three months. You don't have to leave your house, man. It comes to you. Low-cost treatments start at $10 per month. To keep your hair, count me in. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, Go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Piven. Receive your first month of treatments for free. Are you kidding me? Get after it. Keeps K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Piven to get your first free month. 
keeps.com slash pivot. Let's get after it, you guys. I got to tell you, man, it is never too early to start gift shopping for the holidays. I am, I don't know about you guys, but I'm running around last minute and we don't need any of that stress. And by the way, that stress lowers our immune system and makes us more susceptible to anything. So that's just a little disclaimer. Today, you can save big on gifts that you'll use every day. Raycon wireless earbuds. Think about this. I don't know about you, but if I don't have a, a way to disappear and just listen to music, I am I'm in trouble, man. We, there's a lot of noise out there and you gotta quiet it. And Raycon is the best way to do it. It's comparable to what you get from other premium brands, except Raycon starts at half the price. I'm Jewish, that matters to me. Raycon offers eight hours of playtime, 32-hour battery life. That's important, man. Also, built-in mic. You can take calls on your earbuds. The press of a button. It's simple. It's easy. It's the holiday season. I'm telling you, there's no one that won't appreciate this. Go to buyraycon.com slash Piven today. Unlock exclusive deals up to 20% for your Raycon order. But hurry, this offer is only available for a very limited time only, and you don't want to miss it. That's buyraycon.com slash Piven. Unlock 20% off your Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash Piven. Now for the tap dancing yeah. rehearsals. Yeah. Do you get to that place like like in Whiplash where you're just bleeding and you're, everything's taped up and you just keep going and fucking what's-his-face from Spider-Man Jonas Salk is hitting you with the fucking whip and telling you, keep going, keep working. Like how, how deep do you go in the fucking rabbit hole of this stuff? Well, it, it, it's fascinating because I've been a drummer my whole life. And so now I'm drumming with my feet. And just when I feel like, okay, I'm in the groove and I've got, I'm doing my paddling rolls and look at that. And, I'm, and, I'm, and then he goes, no, now it's, now we're doing, we're not doing any of that anymore. It's all on your toes. And now everything's on my toes. And it's, it's more of a humiliation festival that you have to be okay with. And the reality is, you know, you're, you're striking the ground in ways you've never moved before. Yeah. So it's a matter of, it's like jumping rope. You got to just keep doing it until you break through. So it's, it's actually exhausting because it's a, it's a weird form of cardio that you're not used to. Mm -hmm. So, to be honest with you, you kind of tap out first with the cardio than anything else. Interesting, yeah. Because I'm used to, I, I've made friends with humiliation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't mind any of that stuff. And because I'm a drummer, I can always come back around and 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 come back and, and I know where the beats are intrinsically, but it's just a matter of you miss a few steps and my God, you know, I'm getting winded. I just got my second Johnson and Johnson in my Johnson. Uh, and so I getting that shot, like try tapping, you know, just post vax. Yeah. Like you get winded fast. Yeah. I like to brag about, you know, the fact that I've been vaxed. <laughs> hey man, we're all, I mean, that's gonna be the fucking mandate from now on, I'm sure. So have you been able to, with your tap to like improv tap? You know what I mean? That's always like a good test of how good you get, like in jujitsu, you the forms, but once you can kind of just flow roll and go with it. Same thing with acting, comedy. You know, I can, but the reality is because I'm a drummer, I, 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 I'm very disappointed with the way it sounds because it sounds different in my head than what uh -huh. I'm doing. 
So it's it's a whole other thing, and it's kind of fascinating because we're casting it up now, and and you're hiring, you know, finding actors who work on a certain level that can also tap, and you know, all the the levels are are very very different. I'm just I'm humbled by the whole thing, and um, I'm just you, you all you can do is everything you got. Yeah. Um, and again, I'll reference Oscar, um, where he's he's desperately looking for balance in his life. And I talk about this on stage where, um, you know, it's all about balance. And unfortunately at the moment right now, I'm not going to find a lot of balance because you have to be all in on this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So basically what I'm saying is I'm alone. <laughs> I'm alone with my tap shoes. You're going to die alone in a movie set. Don't trailer. ever say that. <laughs> Fucking take that back. Man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my God. There'll be someone around, I guess. Oh my god! <laughs> Awkward but that's great, man. You gotta like, don't you want to like? Someone brought up the idea of retiring today, just because maybe they're more like you should retire, Bill. But have you ever thought about like retiring? Like, don't you want to die like in your trailer, like making a movie when you're 87? Well, you know what's interesting my my father when when he found out that he had cancer. The next thing he did, literally, was teach his Monday night acting class. Like, he didn't even think of like, oh, I have to now. It's just, you know, and he was talking to me about different roles and stuff until the moment he died. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're you're an actor and a performer for life, you know, and we're very lucky that we can be if we want to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, athletes have to retire in their prime of their lives. And, and that's very, unless you're Tom Brady and you play till you're 120 <laughs> and that's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's just, you know, it's, a, it's an honor to be able to still contribute at any yeah. age. And the idea of retiring, I think for people like us, like creatives or whatever, is like, what is that fucking, what are you talking about? Because other people, if it's about making money, Oh, I got, I retired at age 34. I remember when I was a kid, I'd see commercials like, hey, I retired at age 34. I have a yacht in a lake. And I was like, wow, he made it. But now I think about retiring at 34. I'm like, ugh. That's whenever I see a heist movie, like, hey, man, we'll just be sipping pina coladas at the beach after this heist. I'm like, yeah, and then what? The fucking group suicide? Sounds boring. First of all, <laughs> you can go sip on pina coladas at any shitty rat hole fucking beach in the third world if you want. Is that really the, I don't know. It's like a fucking weird idea retiring or quitting so you can relax like for a week give me a week of pina coladas on the beach and then i'll do like a 99 seater and fucking off off broadway you know it would it might be fascinating to sit down with someone like daniel day lewis who you know goes deeper than anyone and he throws himself into these roles and he's a true method method methodist method actor and um you know at a certain point he just said it's enough and it just you know and that's real. It took too much of a toll on him. Yeah. And I just would be very curious to see, like, where is he at now? You know what I mean? That'd be a great guest on podcast. Yeah, like. Even better than me, bro. You gotta tell <laughs> Oh, go on. <laughs> um, but just like, you know, because um, he is such a genius. And, you know, what, you know, what's left for that guy. And, you know, in, in a few years, will he come back around and have that itch? Or, you know, because he's also someone that, like, I, I heard these stories that like, you know, when he played a boxer, I, I talked to some guys, you know, who were running the boxing gym and he said he came in, 
different name, got his ass kicked and worked his way up the ranks. And he's just a soldier. Wow. He, you know, he's just one of those guys, you know. And he really, you know, was and maybe is a shoe cobbler. We don't know. You can make fun of him all you want. But, like, we all have different ways of being happy and content. And you can't judge anyone for yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And And maybe, you know, people get tied to and defined by their achievements, how they're seen, whatever. And it's kind of brave to go, yeah, I'm just going to walk away and, and try something else. Yeah. That's my way of saying you need to stop, Bill. <laughs> it's a fucking wrap. But we'll think about like the Olympics, people who do the Olympics. You know what I mean? They train their whole lives yeah. for this one Olympics. And I know Tim Dillon was talking about his podcast with Simone Biles when she dropped out to protect her mental health. I'm not saying anything bad against Simone Biles. But his point was also like, what you have to realize, Simone, is like what you're doing is silly. It's fucking stupid. You're just an athlete. Don't think. You're basically retarded. Just do your little jumps and who gives a fuck? Like the, the, the self-imposed pressure that we put on like, if I get the gold, like ultimately who gives a fuck? Like it doesn't really mean anything. That one Olympic, you won these gold medals. I mean, I guess it's a great thing I, to I, show I, on your I wall. I mean, my God, man, the amount of pressure on that woman, she was the face of the Olympics, literally. You know, we, we don't know what that's like. She, they put her front and center on every campaign. Yeah. She was, you know, the, the holding up our country. And then you're doing 115 twisties yeah. in the air on a balance beam that's a half an inch thick. Like, I can't even imagine. I, I, and so I, I can't even, I can't even, I, I, I refuse to even theorize <laughs> yeah. about what that's like. Okay, my, as a life coach, I was at Simone, what you're doing is stupid. No one fucking cares. You're going to die alone. Now go have fun and twerk. Like, no one cares. Like, the pressure is like, <laughs> do you think it's social media? Do Bro, you think Simone Biles? You will never be able to leave your house again, okay? <laughs> and by, by house, I mean your one-bedroom rancho kumumanga. I wish I had a red bedroom. It's a studio. <laughs> it's a bachelorette. Is that a thing? <laughs> bachelorette? <laughs> but do you think that's, like, you said, like, last night you were doing a show. You did all these movies. You're, you're in, you went on stage. It didn't, it wasn't so precious. Your performance last night, the Laugh Factory, wasn't so precious because you weren't like, I need this to be good. You've been working so much, you kind of retired, you get up there and you fucking let it go. But if it's like this thing is the most important thing in the world, I think people always need to be reminded of how like unimportant their life is and what they do is. It's a great way to get by. Well, what you're talking about is, is people seeking perspective. Yeah. And, you know, we all need people. I Listen, I love nothing more than when people are honest with me. I really do. You know, and they just give it to me straight. Because so many times people say what you want to hear. And you don't grow from that. Mm -hmm. And we don't know how many yes people are around her. We just don't know all those variables. We don't know. And, yeah, it would, you know, would be great for someone to give her some perspective. And hopefully she will get it and she wants to. She'll jump back in the game. And, you know, we, you know we'll see. Yeah, although at at the ripe old age of twenty four, she's aged out of Olympics. Apparently, she's too old for it, which is fucking crazy. You know, they've been lying about the Chinese gymnasts for years. They're like twelve, and they're like, she's sixteen. Hmm? No, she's not. They like totally found out. They like lied about all their ages. The coaches did. Really? Yeah, it's awful. It's like it's like child abuse. A lot of that shit with with gymnastics It's not different. It's like human sea world. It's not. Fucking people should not be subjected to that bullshit. 
take away the Larry Nassers of the world. I'm just saying like this is the, think about an eight year old girl, just their, their bones are stunted. They don't grow right. They don't, some of them never get a period. It's fucking crazy what we do to these child athletes and like think it's like in the name of like Olympic glory, which happens and then no one gives a shit five years later. Right? God, I'm cynical. No, to be honest with you, I, I, I mean, that is, it is pretty brutal and there should be, they should take all this into account and figure out ways to navigate this. Yeah, because that is fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, and to play devil's advocate, um, there, not that that's right. None of that is right. But at the same time, to learn a skill and to be disciplined, you know, is yes. something devoutly to be wished for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As opposed to just, you know what? Everyone's going to get a trophy. Everyone's <laughs> a winner. And because true. it doesn't toughen you up for life. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I look. It's going to make life harder. Yeah, I mean, I look at my life and I, I get mad. Like, oh, God, I wish my parents had beat me a little bit more, or at least beat me with purpose. Like, beat me so I could do a backflip or something. They just beat me because my mom was drunk on bourbon from Tupperware. But like, beat me with like we have an address. Like, we're beating you because we want you to achieve something. Not we're beating you because like I hate my life right now in the fucking eighties. So does that make sense? Yeah. Because I think there are people like look at Jackie Chan. What an amazing life and career he's had. He was beaten with rods since the age of three in the Peking Opera. And that's how you get to be great. It's like whiplash. You, that's how you make people great. Abuse. Joe Jackson with the Jackson 5. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, man. So we weren't abused enough. Why well, I wasn't abused enough? You were abused the right amount. I was abused the right amount. Well, your parents were what hard you on you. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, your parents, your parents were hard on you as like, as like theater actors and directors, Incredibly. right? Like you couldn't get away with shit. My father was, my, it was good cop, bad cop. My mom, her, her direction was, was seamless and, and beautiful. And she was always incredibly supportive of whatever you would do. And then she would give you a note. You didn't even know you were getting a note. And my father was tough love and would, would definitely come down very yeah. hard and demanded that you put everything you have into it at all times and you do the best work you possibly can he was incredibly hard on me and you know i'm so thankful for it because he he loved it and he, and he felt that you have to honor the space that you're occupying yeah. when you're performing and it's an honor to be doing it and so yeah i, I was did lucky. he ever put his hand on your shoulder like i'm proud of you jeremy to that moment that dad son moment ever happened like you did real good son Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll never forget it. I was um, I was playing a character where I was um, uh, uh, a coked out um, version of Superman on a celebrity space shuttle with Spike Spangle, who's a farmer that won a lottery ticket to go on the space shuttle with Superman, but I played him as this broken down, bitter, you know, character. And, um, and he came down very, very hard on me to really wring that out for all it was worth. And he was incredibly hard on me and crushed me. And, you know, I remember being very humiliated from my friends and certain things he would say to me and he was coming down on me. There's one actor in this room and you ain't it, um, you know, and just, you know, laying into me and then ultimately got, you know, the best performance of my life up until that point. 
and 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 then hugged me and said, "Yeah, that's you know what I'm talking about." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty amazing, man. Yeah, it was cool. So you know, um, it would have been you know he could have gone, "Wow, this is great, great, great job, Jeremy." I continue being viciously mediocre. I love you. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I could you know have a hairnet on. I could be selling curly fries yeah. in the fucking valley right now. But you know, it 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 he demanded more from me. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so you know i was incredibly lucky to have that and we just were in a movie together that my mom was in yeah that's incredible dude and you got her cast because someone had to drop out or no well yeah someone did someone did drop out. everyone drops out right everyone drops out that's how we all get our shot you know <laughs> no one no one was ever, ever their first choice and and it's and and if you ever get weird about it, i wasn't the first choice like no, no you're right. never the first choice yeah right so um I, to this day, run lines with my mom, and I talk about that on stage in my stand-up, and, um, you know, uh, which is insane because, you know, back in the day, she was literally playing every single character in Entourage while I was playing Ari Gold and, and spitting yeah. out, like, just profanity to my mom's face, and she's a total pro and amazing. Have you have you shared with your podcast listeners what the bit is? No. It's I, pretty genius. You might want to, no? You don't I... Yes, I will. But I'll tell you, in this particular case, what happened was, because you asked me about how she got cast. This is a, an interesting story that, um, so she was playing, you know, cueing me on on the role of my mother in The Walk. Um, and that hasn't come out yet. And we're both doing, you know, South Southie accents from Boston, 1974. And my mom would not only cue me, but she would, you know, do it in the accent and play the character and... And um, I just decided, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I know it's a little weird, but I'm gonna film my mom. As, Without her knowing? Yeah. I know it's a little She'll cheeky, forgive you, she'll forgive you. A little cheeky. And um, she was just crushing it. I was just watching her going, she's out acting me. She's definitely out acting me right now. She's <laughs> fucking making me look ridiculous. And I'm just like, I gotta document this. And I just... You know, for that and wanted the director to hear my accent and to hear where we're at and to know that we're whatever. And to talk to him about it and, and you know, just to check in with him. And he's like, who is that? I was like, that's my oh, mom. I didn't even know. That's no, crazy. He, that's your mom? I go, yeah. He goes, she's unbelievable. I go, oh, well, thanks, man. He goes, would she do the role? And I was like, mom, do you want to be in the movie? And like, I filmed it all. I can't wait to put it oh, out someday. Oh, that's awesome. And it just, you know... You know, my mom is not a young woman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always thought, oh, no, she's she's doing her thing content. Like, she's not, you know, you know, wanting to get in these films. But she was just thrilled and honored. And, <coughs> you know, my mom is 91 years old. Jesus Christ. I know she's she 91 old. years old, man. Was that time she did a film? Uh, 1924 was the last time she did a film. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, it was it, they, just before talkies. No, but, um, you know, she's been, you know, her story, she's been acting her whole life and her group with Mike Nichols and Elaine May, and they started Second City, and yeah. the history is just incredible. Um, and, you know, she's been acting and teaching her entire life, and she is an old, she's a fucking G, man. Yeah. She's just on her game. And came out to new orleans and absolutely crushed this role yeah just crushed. she got a standing ovation from the crew i was Whoa. like what is going on right now you know and Best it was kept just, secret it was just beautiful it was just beautiful to see and 
she loved it and loved every second of it. And literally after she got a standing ovation, she said, that's it. I said, yeah, she, she was all just getting warmed up. Like she wasn't kidding. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I was like, no mom, you just destroyed it. Like there's nothing left. And she wanted to just keep going. She's like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Write some more scenes, director. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's go. And they actually, when she showed up, there was this crazy moment where like, we're ready and there were some rewrites and you know how it is things are moving so fast they just handed her a bunch of new pages as she walked on the set and it was like she it was just a miracle to watch her because she most people would be like hey well, what's going on here but yeah she just kind of yeah. rolled into it and 91 that's fucking total pro. total pro yeah. and it was just an amazing experience to have as a son you know just to work with your mom and and to dance like that it was and so we have it on film so yeah it's great forever yeah yeah man legacy it, dude really really cool and uh i don't want to say too much about the scene but it's a, it's a very heavy scene and um you know the, the the this movie is is about many other things it's about generational racism and breaking the cycle and the, the dismantling of segregation in the mid 70s and the busing incident and it's really heavy and it needs to be seen right now yeah we need to have these uncomfortable and most people don't know about it as well i found no like if i asked i was like i'm doing this movie about the bus the boston busing riots they're like huh what was that you mean birmingham no dipshit boston in the 70s they have no idea but you know we need to know our history and we need to have uncomfortable conversations yeah and I, I think that that's what this is going to incite. And so I'm, I'm very proud of it. Um, yeah, man. So um, this is going to be a five-hour podcast. I know, 14 more hours. <laughs> the sun is going down. <laughs> At what, what and point? then when I was four years old, I did my first play. I played Mr. Peaches. Yes. <laughs> we love you, Peaches. <laughs> Thank you, Bill, for showing up and, and yeah. kicking around with me. This has been a fucking blast. Yeah, dude. Always good to hang out. Yeah, man. We're going to continue on the road. We got Dallas coming up. Yeah, man. Addison. Yeah. Addison yeah. Improv. Yeah. yeah. Come on out, kids. You Will know, this we, be released we, before that? Probably not. Well, the good thing about Texas, as you know, is they are a thousand percent open. They, they're opening up strip clubs inside of gun shops, inside of Walmarts. Inside of comedy clubs. Inside yeah. of comedy clubs. And it's fantastic. <laughs> You know what? There was never a pandemic, apparently. Yeah. Ever there. <laughs> apparently, they had like a good month. Right. And they're like, ah, fuck this virus. Mm -hmm. I'll shoot in the face with my shotgun. That's right, motherfucker. <laughs> Thank you, sir. This has been fun. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. How You Live in Jay Piven is a cast original podcast in association with Common Enemy and Penderfoot TV. Producer is Kyle Tequila. Theme song by Common. Executive producer for cast is Harley Roman. Executive producers for Tenderfoot TV are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Executive producers for Common Enemy are Jared Einson and Dave Osco. Catch all new episodes of How You Live in J. Piven every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>